Candace and Ariel are not final girls. Candace is second to last at best. And Ariel is probably the killer. This podcast is intended for ghouls, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers. Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to Our Twisted Minds. So you're fresh off of uh, Inside, huh? Fresh. <laughs> yeah, just finished. Hot I'm off the hot. presses. I managed yeah. to watch both of them last night, which was shocking. I did not know I had that, that in shocking. me. shocking. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't get very far into that one. I like... <laughs> we it was started... like the 2020... Because th- there was one that came out yeah, this year. It's like 20... It's actually... Okay, yeah, I think there there's like, like a three remake. insides. The one, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, the one it said on Amazon, uh, 2018. Actually, when I backed up and looked, I was like, oh, 2018. Wikipedia says 2016. Uh-huh. Um, and 2016, I believe, is when also the American remake of Martyrs came out, which I've also watched accidentally. I started to watch. Oh accident. my god! Whoops! And then been like, wait, isn't this movie French? <laughs> Wow, got struck again. Gotcha again. They get me every time. They made these remakes um for the stupid <laughs> aka me to stumble upon and start watching them before being like, wait, this is this movie is French, isn't it? <laughs> Remember when we did Oh my god, what was that movie we watched? It was with um Pornsack, wasn't it? And we oh watched... yeah, funny. It was funny games. It was funny games. It was funny games all over again. Except for at least that was like the same filmmaker. Okay, yeah, and th- there's those are both like equally. I think supposed to be, they're held in equal regard. Yeah, because yes, probably because exactly. the same filmmaker. But we just um, had like slightly different experiences, and yeah. then it was kind of fun. This was like catastrophic. I was like, I was also like, isn't this movie supposed to be good? <laughs> Right. This this is like if you like one of us watched Tale of Two Sisters and the other one watched The Uninvited. Like this exactly. is like catastrophic. Exactly. One is disgusting, you know. Yeah. Or like Wreck versus Quarantine. Or Jesus something. Christ! Something yeah. horrible. Yeah. Why did why does why do we do this? I mean, because they think we're stupid. They're like audiences are stupid and they need something oh. in their own language, I guess. And plus, yeah. it's an easy it's easy money. That's my other thing is I think it's easy money. I guess that's it. People just really, really don't like subtitles. I guess, but I think, I mean, I'm sure they made money on the remakes because they, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a, it was a money decision, but. Yeah. Cause people are like, I would love to watch that movie. I don't think. With the pregnant think, lady. I imagine uh, maybe most not. people maybe didn't people like it though. Yeah. Like I imagine like most, I don't think that it's liked. I just think people see stuff. And so, like, it makes money because it came out, you know? Yeah, that's that's fair. People will just see a horror movie. Yeah, I will say the American one, the American Inside was definitely, like, way, way less graphic and gory in a way that made it feel, like, very silly. Like, why would you do that? I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> I just don't I, get I don't it. Know. Like, at least, like, the the American Martyrs, as far as I could tell, was, like, pretty... I mean, I didn't finish it, because I, at some point, was like, wait. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but I didn't... Uh, it, it At least that was still really... It still just had, like, you know, the girl, like, shooting up the family and stuff. 
Either way, we could probably get started. I feel like we've been like actually talking about stuff that. <laughs> oh no! Our first, <laughs> we might actually first, in for the first time, have a cold open. Naturally, segue. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! We're we're this podcast shit is easy. If it's not a good look, why do I wear it so well? Pardon me, I missed a your pretty face for someone else, but you just have to do because you see it's getting late. Hey everybody, welcome to Not Your Final Girl. We we got you a little warmed up. So here we are. <laughs> little podcast and foreplay. Just a little podcast <laughs> foreplay for you. Little podcast edging. That's right. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you're like, what are they gonna talk about? I'm, I'm so stop. titillated. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get honestly very titillated in this one. From the womb, this is Not Your Final Girl. I am Candace and um, I'm here with my co-host Ariel and today we're talking about two movies where people are pregnant and it's also Christmas. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas everyone! It's our Christmas episode! Yes! It's the Christmas episode and we have... <laughs> this combination of movies is like it gets funnier to me like by the moment. <laughs> so... I, it's such a like we suck I think. It's just like we're <laughs> fucking freaks and we're like... <laughs> Look at there's, us. Something, there's something wrong with us and um we are talking about inside you might have guessed if you are familiar with this movie from 2007 a new french extremity movie it is french i found out from watching the wrong one that was in english <laughs> um and, yeah Oops. and also the leech which is from 2022 yeah, not French ex- or and not extreme really. Not so. French nor extreme, but it is Christmas. But it is Christmas. Well, and like, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But the new French extreme movement is kind of a hilarious coinage because it's not really a movement. <laughs> it's just we'll talk about that. I'm sure we'll talk yeah, about that. Yeah, it's actually really funny to me that we are talking about inside without also talking about martyrs. Like yeah. in the same in the same episode, but I, I also think that that's kind of fun because or like irreversible or like any one of those oh, like yeah. fucking I don't know what they consider new French extreme, but like I was you know Raw is considered new French extreme, and like I think Julia DeCornell herself was like the director of Raw was saying said something like they're saying that because it's French and it's gory. Like, just because something's French and it's gory doesn't mean it belongs to a yeah. certain movement of cinema. No, plus I feel like, actually, like, Raw is pretty late for that. I feel like it was something that happened over, like, a couple years. Like, Martyrs and Inside came out within a year of each other, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about... um maybe this certain moment because irreversible came out in 2002. So like there's this sort Mm of mid aughts vibe. What I referred to when we were texting about it as like the post nine 11 thing, even, you know, in France, but still, and like, 
it's yeah it seems like you're right those belong to each other but people are just kind of using it kind of in the same way that they use the catch-all term torture porn for just something Absolutely. that upset them i think on the screen yeah but in like kind of a highfalutin way for like new french extreme where it's yeah. like yeah this is a movement although wasn't it when it was coined wasn't it coined pejoratively or am i incorrect on that I don't know. It probably was. I feel like generally with extreme horror, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People tend to not like it. It makes them mad. It's, you know, it's hard to be uncomfortable. I get it. But also I will quote one of the reviews of Inside that I was Mm -hmm. just looking at. Mm -hmm. that calls it off the hook. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That was from from Ain't It Cool (laughs) News, which like. Ain't it cool? Of course. Amen. <laughs> uh, it is kind of awesome. It's definitely off the hook. Like, uh, it's an unhinged film, I would say. Yeah. Which is fun. It definitely is. So we can we can talk about this first movie. I think that we're yeah. talking about Inside from 2007, written by Alexandra Bustillo. I don't actually know how to say things in French, so I'm just going to pronounce the names how they make sense to me. And directed by Julian Mori and Alexander Bustillo. Yeah, they they basically made this film together. It is a it, film about a... It's a basically home invasion film about a woman whose husband has died in um, a car accident that they were both in. And a few months later, a mysterious woman comes to her house in the middle of the night wanting her baby from my understanding the 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 filmmakers were considering slasher films and how the the killer is usually a a male right and they're like what would a motivation be which then kind of feels hilariously reductive and sexist right but like what would the motivation be if it were to be a woman doing the slashing and so they come up with this notion of of a woman trying to take the baby, which I think is reductive and sexist, but I think the film is a lot more interesting than than the origin of it. So I'll, I'll let it slide. Yes. I know. I I thought that was so funny. I know. Like, what possible motivation women, could a woman baby? have for hurting another woman? Probably she wants her baby. Women wombs. Yes. Movie. What what defining factors are there about what? women in the immortal words of Matt Walsh? <laughs> what is a woman? And apparently it's wanting a baby. So baby. we figured it out. It's um, <laughs> closed. And yeah, a wildly um, conservative film. But sometimes I, f- I find conservative fears to be very fascinating. So, and uh, this movie is. It's true. And also, you actually can kind of woo me into watching a conservative film with sick gore effects, as it turns out. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and I don't know the politics of these filmmakers, and I'm only vaguely familiar with the politics of French society. So I don't know a lot <laughs> about that sort of thing. I have no idea. But the film itself, like, yes, yeah, it seems to have sort of a conservative paranoia. And that that's one thing that when when some some film scholars talk about like the new French extreme cinema, it is that sort of things that are examining sort of a paranoia of an influx of immigrants, right? And what that's mm-hmm. doing to the country. So this fits in, I feel like, with that because it's home invasion, right? This yeah, it's home invasion. It's some it's someone dangerous coming into your home. Yep. And there's like paranoia about that expressed, like you know that she's living alone and that's dangerous. And mm-hmm. 
the neighborhood is unsafe. And she's a, you know, photographer who, you know, her, her mom expresses relief that she's not working right now because she doesn't like her filming those riots because they're unsafe. Mm -hmm. So there's like on the periphery, there's this sense of political something's fucked up, you know, mm -hmm. um, on the fringe. Right. So it feels like a fun metaphor for, for that. And this whole film, like the way it looks, did you notice this? This I don't feel like I noticed it the first time I watched it, but watching it for this, it's so smoky. Like, it feels like a dream, the whole film. Yeah, it is kind of, like, grainy. It's so, it's grainy and so, like, yeah, dude, like, sulfur. Like, almost like the sulfuric kind of, like, quality. It's bizarre. Like, it just looks like yeah. clouds of smoke the entire time. So, yeah. which has to have been intentional. Like, there's no way it wasn't. And it just, none of it feels grounded in reality, which I, I like. I like yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, which also, like, we need the suspension of disbelief a little bit for some of the things that happen. <laughs> uh, we need so much that I ran out by the end. I think the last bit. half hour is, like, very weak, honestly. But there was, there was such stuff going on. Uh, I Lots of, LOL, lots of laughter on my part <laughs> at the end. Some very... Some LOL, as they play. say. Some hugely silly hijinks that I just could not take. Yeah, um, actually, both these movies, I think, have, like, like high silliness going on <laughs> in such ways that it's like, you could have actually just edited this out. It's the spirit of Christmas, okay? <laughs> Saint Nick has really put his little spin on both of these movies, I guess. The the elves are Saint hard Saint Nick at is out here twinkling. <laughs> yeah, right, movies. right. The rosy cheeks. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's it is it's very zany, but the the beginning isn't right. The beginning is, well, okay. We do have to say that there is a very poorly CGI. Okay, and it's it's an old movie, right? But the CGI of the baby in the womb, which we see multiple times throughout the course of the film, <laughs> sucked. Like I it looks out without that. It looks a little dumb. My favorite one is the is the like other baby in the car accident. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When um, yeah, when something is revealed uh that we'll get to, I'm sure. Well, because you know this this the main character Sarah is is heavily pregnant, right? Obviously pregnant from the beginning and we see her belly. There is like a lot of trauma that this belly takes in the course of the film. And sometimes the movie decides to also like cut to the fetus, like kind of gritting its little face. Like fetus <laughs> cam. That's what's happening. And, like that shit takes me right out. Cause if I see it happening to her stomach, I'm like, fuck. Like I know there's a baby in there, okay? But yeah, you have to show me like little Renesme or whatever, like in the <laughs> in utero. I can't handle it. <laughs> Yeah, which is also, like, I mean, it's funny to start this with, like, with, like, I mean, yeah, we started with, like, seeing the baby going through a car accident, right? And that's okay. Um, then, then we, like, see the, the her, like, getting an ultrasound. And, yeah, we just kind of, we have to, like, accept this fetus as, like, a character also, yeah. Which is a little bit wild. I don't think I've ever... Yeah, I feel like Renesmee is, like, a pretty good... Uh, is a pretty good, oh. like, 
parallel to draw here because I can't think of any other instance of like an unborn baby as a character. character. Well, and this is where I almost feel like that, um, you know, I said the, the sort of impetus for this film was like reductive and sexist. And for the most part, that doesn't for me impact the viewing of the film. But I, I do have to think that them thinking that that would add something to it was being stupid cis dudes thinking it would add something to it. Like, they're incorrect. It did not. Um, it did not add anything to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but right. It makes um, it kind of hokey. But I, it's so, it's little flashes. And, and if I kind of set that aside, right, or just like... I, the rest, especially the lead up to everything, like when she doesn't know what's going on, this woman first knocks on the door, like fucking chills, dude. Like very this scary. Movie, it's genuinely really scary. It is. Yeah. And this other woman who never gets a name, as far as I know, this other woman who yeah. comes into her house wanting her baby is super scary and also so scary. portrayed very like very much like the devil or like a witch she like, looks yeah she's you're right she's wearing like this black corset over a long black dress yeah she really she really wore a corset and heels to this and and, and as soon as she gets into the house because i mean you know spoiler she does break into the house she takes it off which i found so funny she takes it off in like the kitchen but the the contrast of the the lead sarah and I think, okay, so the, the killer, I think they just referred to her as La Femme, like the woman. Right. Um, uh, but Sarah's wearing white. Like Sarah, yes. it's like, it is this sort of classic, you know, European idea of like good versus evil, right? And um, there's a lot of blood. So both of them get kind of caked in other gore and blood as it goes on. But like, yeah, you're right. Like the black versus white. There's other things like she is devilish like there's little nods you, you see that the address of the house is 666 mm -hmm. and so my theory is they're just they're both dead and they're in hell actually the car crash <laughs> at the beginning was just they <laughs> that's not, not i don't think so although i no, did look I love it up this. i looked it up to be like has anyone else thought this and i'm okay. sure i'm not the first one but i couldn't find like a cohesive developed theory about it um you know, she has a, Sarah has a black cat, like a mirror breaks and she uses it as a weapon in the oh, film. Yeah. Like there's a lot of superstitious imagery. Like, this is true. And both of these movies really play out kind of like fairy tales or parables in some yeah. way. Yeah. Which is fun. This is, this one feels a lot like a fairy tale. Right. In including that Sarah does a lot of kind of tricksy stuff. Both of them are kind of like playing a game of wits with each other. And that's the most interesting stuff. I think the film where the film besides the baby, where the film like starts to lose me is like, so there's the buildup, right? And then, and then when she does get into the house, there is sort of like a cat and mouse, right? Of, of them um, trying to get at each other. Sarah trying to survive um, the woman trying to kill her. And then like cops keep showing up. Like, that's the part where I'm like, we could have lost some of that because it, it almost becomes comedic how many people keep coming to the house. It is so stupid. There's like four people that come to the house. 
So over and over. The first the first like influx of people, right, is like really actually pretty good and effective. Yes. And one thing that I thought about watching this is that this came out before The Strangers. Yeah. And is doing a lot of the things that The Strangers is doing. The yes. I mean like I don't think someone coming to your door and ruining your life is necessarily a new narrative sure. concept, but still the the just showing up at the door and like having a really bizarre conversation with someone before they try to get into your house is I mean that is like that in my mind is like the strangers I'd never seen this movie before so yeah I I was like forever just associated with it with that and uh-huh. and uh also like the friendly fire oh yeah right thing yeah, these, where those films have a lot of similarities. You know, if you try to protect yourself, you don't actually know who you're aiming at. So yeah, the first like the first people who come in, it makes sense that they're there, and and it's also really effective and like and really upsetting because these are people she knows. Yeah, these that are the people she- who are close to her, and she doesn't seem to have honestly. Sarah seems like Sarah's obviously like gone through some trauma at the beginning of this movie, but she also just seems like she's not a friendly person in general. She seems really fucked up and at a low point. I mean, yeah, there's this moment in the hospital where, you know, the a nurse, I think, sits next to her. That also feels very dreamlike. I love how, like, she, she goes to the doctor and he's like, you're super pregnant, you're gonna come back tomorrow and you're gonna get admitted to the hospital and have your baby. She's Prognosis, like, super pregnant. You're like, hell yeah, see you tomorrow. Except she looks, you know, sad and doesn't say anything or whatever. But then she's sitting, Mm -hmm. waiting, and this nurse, I presume, sits next to her. I need to look at it again. It looked like she wasn't wearing... She looked like she was wearing an old-timey nurse outfit to me. I wondered if this was the person. But it's not. It's not. And that's the thing. This woman is so odd. She's really chatty. She's smoking in a hospital. And you're like, I don't know, it's France in 2007? Uh, I shrug. think you're not supposed you're to. You're definitely no, they not. Tell her, yeah. They tell her. <laughs> no. The other nurses are, or, or the nurses are, are like, can you put that out? Yes. Eventually, yeah, it's like, okay, no, no, no. She's definitely not supposed to. But she's talking to her and saying like, you know, oh, is this your first time pregnant? Like, oh, my first time was hell. Like, I was in labor for this many hours, blah, blah, blah. And then it's almost like a punchline. She's like, oh, and man, after all that, like, it was a stillborn. <laughs> almost yeah. a funny moment it's it's just so weird because yeah sarah's not saying anything and then when the woman says she gets told to put out her smoke she says like oh everyone's stuck up here or something and then sarah just calls her a twat <laughs> or a cunt i don't know i don't know what the yeah the translation says twat which is a funny thing to call someone it seems like a very like british like probably it's I imagine that cunt would be more appropriate, right? Like, if you're doing, yeah. like, an American English translation. That actually does make more sense. Um, because she's... And she says it with... It's really disturbing, the delivery, because it's not even with a lot of vitriol. It's just, like, she leans over and says it to her. And I'm like, I can't imagine ever in my life doing that to someone, no matter how annoyed I was at them or no. how depressed I was. So yeah, you're right. She, she seems like she is used to being cruel to people. Yes, right. And and just uncaring, right? Like, not going out of her way, but just not going to go out of her way to be a human to you either. Like, she's a very interesting character. And to her mom, too. Her own mom, who comes to the hospital, she calls her by her first name. She doesn't call her mom. 
And yeah, she's obviously like grieving because we find out, you know, her her husband's dead after the accident and she still has to have this baby, um, which I can't imagine. Like, that'd be awful. And like, we've seen a lot of movies like that, right? Like, Prevenge, same thing. Um, yeah. The Babadook, same yep. deal, right? So like, common thing that would really complicate the idea of being excited about the birth of your child, right? Right. <laughs> but no, she does seem like really a particular sort of fucked up and the fact that she's a photographer um she takes photos in the park after she gets back from the hospital and it's like this ability to kind of be just removed and detached from the world like it mm -hmm. seems like that's something that that seems to fit her and it's also just doesn't feel like she really wants this kid no it doesn't um we don't get any idea of what her life was like before this but it seems like now she is just done doing anything she kind of says i mean she says to her editor that she just wants to like she doesn't give a shit about christmas and she just wants to be alone and that seems like it's pretty natural um and yeah the idea of like you just want to be alone but you're about to have a baby you're never going to be alone again well in the beginning of the movie too like the first words that we hear which sound weird because you see it's the utero cam once again so you hear it through like a belly it's very bizarre but like it's something like you know no one can take this baby away from me right and then there's a car accident and at the time because we only know sarah and we know that she's pregnant we think that that's her saying that do you know what i right. mean like right the you know the twist is i mean it's not her saying that but like that's yeah. what we think and then it's it's weird because first of all i mean your expectations are then first subverted because you see that she's still pregnant so you're like oh the baby survived okay um but then secondly because yeah it doesn't seem like she would have said that she wouldn't have said like wow i love this baby i'm so happy i have it nothing can take it away from me and then you find out well guess what yeah that was also her. seems like just <laughs> a bizarre thought process for like a pregnant person to have they're like ah oh, nothing could possibly go wrong with this i feel like there's a lot of anxiety well that also feels very dreamlike you know yeah. that it was said at all like it's it, it feels like bizarre it feels like a truth of the when we of the person we discover who said it right it feels right. like a true thing but um i feel like even when we actually see the flashback and it's revealed who that was she's not actually saying it i think she's thinking it right, right. like and, and so just like it's in her head but no the whole thing feels very what's the word i'm looking for like staged not in a bad way i don't mean like in a way that the film did that poorly i just mean like again like just just another point of not being in reality i guess right but it doesn't have to be like i don't mean reality as in like there's parts of this movie that aren't believable in a way that i think is weak but like i think being unmoored from reality you are allowed to examine like truths in a way that you wouldn't if you were stuck to the reality you know right and this is interesting i mean a big thing that i like about horror is the ability to explore a really small and confined context yeah and in that that's like we're just in this woman's home for the most for most of the story and and the reality that we're talking about is hers 
And honestly, the movie's the weakest when it tries to bring in outside stuff. It should, yeah. It's just these two women inside this house. And and that's kind of, I mean, I love the, you know, thinking about like even the title of the film, right? Because inside, I mean, obviously there's like the baby inside, but there's also the house, right? And there's these two right. women. Um, and they almost do feel less like real like less like real people but more almost like archetypes or you know there's so, there's a lot of ways i think you could interpret this film i mean you could also look at it as like two different parts of one person right, right? that was almost splintered after they and they, the two of them look act. very similar they look similar the way they come to like an understanding as they fight each other that the way the brutality with which they fight each other feels very intimate mm -hmm. um the 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 woman watches well she watches her from the shadows in a very freaky 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 way that you could barely see mm -hmm. um at the near the beginning of the film but also she watches her while she's sleeping like in this very very deeply personal <laughs> setting like she is knowing this woman um, yeah they also kiss so yeah they also kiss i mean like there's a lot of um you know kind of autoeroticism with it right like yeah um where it's less to me that i think these are like two queer women but more that i think they're almost the same you know right. <laughs> so yeah i don't think it's queer yeah no definitely not if but it like, was queer they could have like been all mutilated and raised the baby together hell yeah bro that, that would have been actually cool rad. <laughs> oh damn it yeah oh no you're right it's definitely more effective when it's just the two of them or the one of them however you want to interpret this because everything else is just peripheral like i i don't even i don't even want to remember the cops that come in i don't re want to remember the weird the guy who was lobotomied and like is a zombie now like that that was so crazy. stupid i was so annoyed about this it's like why do we need it, it lasted like two minutes like do we really need an extra two minutes on here do we need like an extra thing didn't make any sense no uh, yeah really marred something that was otherwise like doing really good things um yeah it's goofy it also really goofy. amused me that the cops come into the house and they're like oh no this is so fucked up what's happening in here this woman is all fucked up and like <laughs> bleeding and she's pregnant she's in labor like we gotta <laughs> deal with this but first we have to flip the fucking breaker the lights have to be on. Y'all don't have flashlights? You don't have they something? They have a flashlight. It's they have a flashlight. We gotta fix the house. We're electricians we have to, now. We have to flip the breaker, dude. <laughs> it's really oh important. Oh my god. Yeah, I... It's not like I don't appreciate having something come from the outside to, like, highlight sort of... Which I wonder if that's almost what they're doing, because... When the guy gets zombified and he's has he's basically lobotomized by a knitting needle, right? Or is it the scissors? I don't remember. Um, it's the scissors, actually, because there's that whole scene of the scissors like in the top of his head. Okay, okay, so he's lobotomized by. Scissors. I love it when also when when people in movies and shows have really sharp scissors. Where do you get those? I want Bro, some. How do you break through a skull with scissors? You know. I don't think you can, <laughs> but I want some. Anybody who knows where to get bone piercing scissors, that's let me right. Know. <laughs> yeah, so gets through there, lobotomizes, and then 
not how a lobotomy works at all. This man is somehow zombified, still motivated to turn to flip the breaker switch. By the way, <laughs> that's the best part. To do it, and then able to attack someone. Okay, <laughs> so you're really, really getting out of there. But that's when the tables turn a little because he attacks Sarah, the lead, and the woman actually attacks him and saves Sarah from him. And there, so there's something a little bit interesting about that i guess right where it's like it's their fight it's them together but it didn't have to be done through a weird zombie with scissors sticking out of his head right well he also hits her he hits her and blood comes out from like between her legs during that scene so i think she's like protecting the baby Uh, yeah i guess i mean she's definitely protecting the baby but it felt maybe it's just me reading into it but it felt like the progression was such that like they're in this thing that like she only wants to be in with her i yeah like no one else can can attack her that's i get to attack her only so fuck off you know what i mean like she's not saving her to necessarily save her life but like saving her for her is i guess what i mean like she's not suddenly turned remorseful or anything like that she has no such feeling (laughs) but but just sort of this dance of the two of them is 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 interesting it's just we needed to really stick to that i think yeah i i actually would have loved to have more interaction between the two of them even i don't know actually i i wonder if i should wish for that sort of thing because it's like i actually don't know if also if i trust the script like the screenplay on this to really do that well but also I mean, like, it it feels like a shame that there's so much other stuff happening. Like, the cop storyline needed to go away, I think, in Mm. favor of the two of them actually having more to do with each other. Yeah, I think so, too. And it kind of felt like... Better, like, just make it shorter. Which, it's already a pretty short movie. It's pretty short. It kind of felt like they were like, oh, shit, well... They can't kill each other yet, so we have to have some other distraction. But it was like, okay, but after the her editor comes, her mom comes, the cops come the first time, like, you really want more people to come? Like, that seems... We've done that idea. Let's, yeah. let's try something else. Or have, like, a different part of the house. Like, play with the house a little bit more, you know? Something like that. I don't know. I That's why, though, yeah, the... Yeah, thinking about, like, like, night shift, which, oh, yeah. Yeah. like, is two people fucking oh, yeah. with each other fighting with each other the for most movie. for like yeah i think pretty much the entire movie i don't think anyone else ever shows up and man it stretches that shit out and they do it pretty good yeah so i mean i think it's possible i think that's where like you know again like not reading this movie on paper is helps it right it doesn't right. as opposed to hurting it where Instead of looking at at looking at it like, okay, well, these two women are, you know, one's trying to kill the other so she can get her baby. It's more like, it's more interesting than that. You know, it's like, okay, well, what metaphorically can we entertain in our brains to make this a little bit more fun? <laughs> you know? Right. And there is stuff going on. Yeah. There's definitely, and there's like a, there's like a kind of through line of like violation that like for one thing 
the idea of having something in your body that you don't really want, Mm -hmm. I think is like pretty central to that. And it's interesting because the film feels like it's aware of that. Yes, I think so. So I don't think this is like an anti-abortion movie or anything. It does make the fetus into a character, which is funny. No, but it's not doing anything like boring and pedantic like that. Not at all. But it Um, does seem to really consider Sarah's point of view there. It also, I mean, yeah, also this woman's in her house and, and trying to take her baby out of her. And, and this other woman that we learn has also, they, she lost her baby in the same car accident. She was the other person. Mm -hmm. She was a person in the other car, which is like a really like, a really like kind of goofy it's hilarious bro <laughs> like twilight zone like off episode kind it's of so twist fucking silly like that, and that's what i mean like don't like read it on paper and like take it for that cuz like yeah it's fucking stupid like what are the odds out of all the streets in all the world but one thing i do like <laughs> about the uh about the reveal of the accident you know um we never know, we never get to know, and it doesn't matter, um, like, who's at fault. I feel like it'd be such a, an easy thing for them to say, like, Sarah caused the accident, and so she's like, you took my baby from me. We just know there was an accident. Like, it, it, unless I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure we don't know no, who was at fault. I don't think we see what happened. And we don't, it's such like an interest like it, it totally obfuscates right any sort of blame because it's beyond that right it doesn't actually matter um and i just think like a i don't know like a stupider choice would have been for someone to be at fault and for us to know what that was and for that to be part of the reveal so i really appreciate that they didn't do that yeah and it's just like yeah it's just random chance it's like it's like both like because you were home Mm-hmm. kind of shit and yeah it was just because it was her and her baby lived right literally just random chance and we don't know about either of them before this so we really don't know how either of them were we don't know if the woman was totally off her rocker before the accident <laughs> right i mean um, and, like dreamlike you know don't know how we got here don't know how we got here and also kind of fairy tale like yeah for sure yeah and and again we don't super need to know right it's just um they kind of leave it up to your own interpretation there um and 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 i think that allows you to sort of it's it's malleable in that way and it kind of allows you to be like okay like you're putting your own shit into it which is fun it's fun as you know someone sticks the the scissors into the belly button and fucking slices that was man that was the one thing i knew happened in this movie and i still was like oh god that's happening it's brutal yeah when i say the gore effects are fantastic really good yeah i'm sorry i'm i'm very simple and i love (laughs) and i love it when there's nasty gore it's real gross which is great Honestly, like, well done. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of loving care put into the details, the way that the bathroom becomes increasingly bloodier. 
throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. I love also just all of the objects in this movie are so sharp. The scissors are so sharp. The knitting needles are so sharp. The knitting needle can slash a throat. Yes. Imagine the power you would wield. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and not traditional. Like um, the weapons are not. Um, if you're thinking about a slasher or a home invasion, um, these are not weapons you would consider, right? And they're they're right. very they're be- very feminized. Um, scissors maybe not necessarily, although for some reason weirdly they do feel like more feminine to me, and I'm not really sure where I'm getting that from. I think maybe just because. Scissors are ah, scissors are for like sewing and cooking and, and crafting, domestic and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's they're very domestic, and then the the knitting needle, obviously, same, very domestic. Um, and yeah, normally with home invasion, you're like, all right, gun. I don't know, maybe a Bowie knife, like something right. else. So, um, I appreciate that attention to detail, um, and the strangeness, I think, of the weapons adds to the tension and and the freakiness of it definitely plus i mean just like the the body horror in this is really nasty there's like at one point burns that are just really painful and gross looking so for all its flaws and like i feel like we we talked a lot about the flaws i still i really like this movie (laughs) yeah i actually you know can't complain it was like like the for all like the goofiness of it, what it is at core, it really pulls off. It does fucking rip, honestly. It does really rip. It's off the hook, awesome. <laughs> like I was is. right. He was. The reviewer um, was right. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, this is this is a good one. I do. I highly. I highly recommend. And honestly, like the goofiness a little bit, as much as some of it annoys me, um, I think it helps, especially like if you're someone who maybe gore can be a little hard for you. Like this is not like martyrs. You don't have to watch someone be tortured for like 20 minutes or whatever. Like This is definitely not torture porn in the same way that martyrs is. Yeah, like it's rough and it's gory, but part of like the outlandishness of it like makes it I think just easier to take a little bit, you know, it's less brutal and like destroying of your soul. Like this one's not going to really fuck you up at the end. I will say, yeah, I don't think so. This one, like, um, I don't know what your first experience is watching this one. Really like Ariel. I will say for me, I heard about this years ago, closer to when mm-hmm. it came out and I had seen martyrs and, you know, many other just fucked up horror movies. This one was actually banned from the house. Um, well, oh my where god! I used to like hang out with people and watch fucked up horror movies. Yeah, because uh, like dude's wife was pregnant. Oh, <laughs> and she okay. was like, I don't want that movie anywhere near here. Okay, wow, that's funny. I I watched it, I think a couple years ago now, and I don't know if I knew anything about it except that it was like new French extreme cinema that's all i knew and i had already seen martyrs at this point and was actually like the first time i saw it was so like could not let go of the lobotomy dude turning on the breaker like it ruined the movie for me (laughs) like low-key i just like let that destroy my experience (laughs) um that's valid but this time i was able to let it go and and 
totally disagree with my first watch of it. Like, I, I, I think it's very, I actually think it's very good. Um, but yeah, like I just fixated. Okay. Also, it happens at the end. So it like leaves that taste in your mouth. It where really like, does. <laughs> You just, um, you're still you're just still watching like the very end you're just like but why like what the yeah which it's silly to be that hung up on it because again this movie is not at all like this movie is not realistic and it's not supposed to be realistic so um i think it was to my benefit that i was able to understand that and let it go the second time um but it was brutal i remember even the first time feeling like like kind of cringing and flinching away from from the belly stuff dude because it's it's what i mean you see that you see her get fucked up you see that baby get fucked up like that baby's alive at the end i think but like at what cost you know what i'm saying like i don't know how that's gonna work out what if we had this is what we should forget a remake of inside we'll have the gritty soft reboot where the child is now 15 years old, right? And has lived oh. a life with this totally psychotic woman being raised yeah, by this, this woman. with this modern witch. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do right. this, the gritty soft reboot. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Not your final girl productions. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. And there will be no cops bumbling about in this one. We don't. No cops at all. We're I love I love so much the like we have to get the cops out of the way. How would we possibly do that? And it's like, what if they just don't care very much? Yeah. Easy. Like (laughs) easy. What if they just don't give a shit? The least realistic part of this is that the cops like go in there and they're like, We have to do something. Multiple times. (laughs) They're like, We gotta check on this lady. I'm like, "Mm, okay. No. But then at the end, I mean, they don't even really care because all they want to do is be electricians. So (laughs) that was their true calling. We have to flip the breaker. It's really (laughs) important. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, a good one. Worth watching. And it's on. Is that one? That one's on Tubi. That one's on Tubi right now. This one is on Tubi. Yeah, so I feel like the experience of watching this movie with ads would be kind of funny. So do report it, back. I did. That's how I did it this time. It was. How was it, it? I mean, I would just like use the ad break to like run away and brush my teeth or something, you know? Okay, so it was okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah. Well, and I watched this one just now because I had been watching the wrong one. Horrible. <laughs> How far did you get in that one? Like half an hour. Okay. All right. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Is it like shot for shot or is it very different? It's pretty similar. It's way less gory, at least in the beginning. Hmm. Okay. It's really similar, though. It follows the exact same progression. But I feel like they made it. uh, I want to know actually what it's rated. I feel like it might be like PG-13. I'm so curious now. Yeah, we should do like a, we should do a bad horror movie remake thing um, at some point. Wow, I'm scared to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I feel like it actually wouldn't be fun. They're mostly not very good. I feel like it certainly would not be fun for us. 
Whether or no. not it'd be a fun. It would episode, be punishing be. for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not willing to. I like to watch torture porn. I won't subject myself to live inside it. So to actually be tortured, no, no, no thanks. That's not for me. Oh my god. Okay, so I looked it up on IMDb because I was trying to find the rating for uh for the remake. Oh my god. It says it's not rated, so I don't know. But oh, not yeah, probably straight to DVD, I guess. It has like a two and a half star, uh, like user rating out of five thousand reviews, and the feature sure. review. Gives it a 1 out of 10, and the title is quite possibly the worst remake of an excellent horror film. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst remake of all time. That seems I'm obsessed fair. with it. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get far enough, but I actually do want to know how offensive it could be to the original's spirit. Actually, I kind of do want to watch it, because apparently it has a happy ending. No! I don't know what that means. I want to know what that means so bad. Wow, this is a great review. Well, All right. Homework. Homework. And we're on to our next one, I think, which yeah. is The Leech from 2022, written and directed by Eric Pennykoff. And we watched this one at Chattanooga Film Fest in 2022. It was um it was a really busy week of watching movies. I watched a lot of movies that week. I miss, I, we didn't do it this past summer and I, I missed it. I kind of feel like I missed, I didn't do any film fest this year. It was honestly, it was a great experience. I just really enjoy watching film festival movies because it also is just enriching to my soul to watch movies where not everyone has to be super skinny and attractive. Yeah. And the, the indie films, they're just, they're just chilling as real people yeah. doing their thing it's great exactly i love watching some indie films so i don't think we're i think we're gonna maybe avoid spoiling this we'll do some we'll do some spoiler free discussion for a little while good. i think because this one is not one that's been widely seen and no. so if you're interested you should watch it and then so we'll talk about we'll i will give a warning when we're about to get into spoilers yeah so and we don't have to get super spoilery about this one, I think. I think um, we can kind of just wet people's whistles about it. <laughs> just wet their beak a little. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll do we'll however live. the Lord moves. We're going to just feel it out, yeah. However the Lord moves <laughs> However the we'll spirit do. moves us. This one is about a priest who takes in a homeless guy at Christmas time to be charitable and finds that he has not taken in an angel in disguise but maybe something else <laughs> yeah this one like having grown up not you know he obviously he's a priest he has a collar everything i did not grow up with that but having grown up like in a conservative religious household and like going to church multiple times a week this one definitely like hits like this one feels very funny from a ex-religious point of view yeah this one feels like does this feel like like i i feel like this one's funny in that like it doesn't seem like this the screenwriter did like any research into how <laughs> church works at all <laughs> like it's like this man is like running a failing business but he's like a priest at a catholic church i'm i know it, it where doesn't... no one shows up so it's like going badly 
I mean, one would imagine that when that happens, like, it's not a business, but also, like, the Catholic Church would have to, like, say, like, hey, you gotta go. Like, you're not gonna run your church. Like, you're yeah, not gonna this run is a church thing. anymore, you, right? Like, I, and maybe that's why, I mean, because, yeah, grew, growing up in the Protestant tradition, maybe that's why, like, what is appealing to me is, like, not mm-hmm. like, even Protestant churches aren't necessarily like that, but, like, we don't know much about this town. We don't see any of this town, right? It's a very, like, insular story. It's the church Another of this guy's house. Another very story of this guy's house. <laughs> yeah, and so we don't know much except that no one's showing up, but, I mean, the the sort of... My thought, anyway, is it's a small town, right? Like, there's, there's, it's probably not a very bustling sort of community of people sure. in general. This guy, like, the lead character is, is absolutely like a very pathetic figure. He writes these really sad, I think, Facebook posts. He I writes think these self righteous Facebook posts. And it's hilarious, dude, because, like, have, again, having grown up, I know people that do that shit, you know? Like, I, I'm not, facebook friends with most of them anymore but like i remember seeing stuff like that and it's funny because he's in a community that feels very like by and large like pretty a religious and like you know bakersfield is not that way at all so like he could have moved to bakersfield and been a king but he's in this like sad little fucking midwestern town or wherever he is and no one gives a shit for whatever reason it's it's just very it's it's a little satisfying to see. Yeah, it was a Christian <laughs> urge to write crazy Facebook posts. I love it. And he doesn't, yeah, it's like, throughout the movie it'll show, like, he has, only one person is liking him, and it's his um, church uh, pia- piano guy, and, and lackey. <laughs> church musician. Rigo. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. got he's got one sort of friend sort of friend but at one point yeah. they're recording a christian rap which i really so enjoyed. good i loved the christian rap i have never heard something so bad <laughs> like like it was so bad that it felt like it like couldn't be real <laughs> yeah yeah he does and and he has he lives this this guy lives in his mom's house his mom is dead he really has no one. Like, there's no one in this guy's life. Right. So he so he takes in this guy. And I think, you know, he's just been giving a sermon about how you should help your neighbor because God says so. And also because they could be an angel in disguise, which I think is a really funny addition to the thing he's saying at the beginning. Because then he... he sees this guy and it's like, oh, well, I was just talking about this. Yep. So I have to do what I say. I should follow through. <laughs> yeah, he feels obligated. It's it's clearly not out of any sense of actual Christian charity or whatever. It's because he feels caught, right? He's like, this is my job. I'm supposed to be about this. So I got to do it. Right. And he's also lonely, I think. And um, yeah, the idea and plus the guy he picks up, Terry, is also like just kind of a fun guy. I He's love kind of magnetic. Terry. The actor who plays Terry, like, I think everyone does a good job in this, but he stole the show. Like, he is like a fucking lightning rod. He yeah. was such. He's such a good actor, and this role is like made for him. So, well done. He was in. Okay, he was in. Um, After Midnight. You remember that movie? That like I do. Indie horror movie. 
He was in that. I think he was the lead in that. Jeremy Gardner. Which is a very, very different role from this. He is like, he, it's just like, it's all you see. Like when he's in a scene, you're just like glued to him. He's so good. Yeah. And, and as the, as the story goes on progressively, things are revealed about him that are less and less flattering. And yet none of them seem like, like none of them ring false. It's all like, Oh yeah, that would be how this guy is. And it's still, and it's still like really hard to be mad at him. (laughs) Even as it goes on. Yeah. Well, he does like really fucked up shit. And he's just, like, an asshole, you know? Like, he just does not care about anyone. But, yeah, he'll show up. He'll He's, like, that kind of, you know, that friend who, like, can turn it on and, like, make you feel cool. But then, like, yeah. you're, left, you're left cleaning up the fucking mess. And you're like, why am I, why am I friends with this person, actually? Oh, yeah. Actually, like, actually, who hasn't been friends with a guy like that absolutely and yeah he has like the the nasty parts of him that you start to see later they all make total sense yeah yeah no it's not a surprise right it's not a surprise and yet like and and yet you want to believe that he's not really like that (laughs) which is Uh, also you know which which is also father david takes him in just i think like in in some way wanting company and wanting someone to and wanting wanting like a congregant you know wanting yeah. wanting someone to listen to what he says wanting a disciple who has to listen to what he says well that's the other thing that's that's fun about this is that Terry is likable i think even though you know he's a piece of shit but um the our lead isn't at all our lead is miserable you do not like this man there's nothing endearing about him he is pitiful but he is not like pitiable right (laughs) (laughs) um he's he's deeply unlikable he's pitiful but he's also like really self-righteous and you can't you hate him you 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 don't feel bad for him i i think or at least i certainly don't relate at all to him like he's such an anti-protagonist and i i i'm obsessed with that i think that's so refreshing (laughs) it is Um, fun yeah so so to see terry to see the dynamic between terry and and david there's something like very delicious in it and mean right because you're like terry is a piece of shit um but so is this guy so you kind of just like Mm -hmm. it's almost like you throw him in a ring and you just see what happens like you see it unfold in this way that you know is going to be fucking messy and chaotic um and yeah you're not disappointed right and and the two of them already kind of have their own dynamic when Terry's girlfriend, who Father David already knows is pregnant, comes in and also starts living with them. And he knows because she when he was doing confession, um, she has come she came into the church and so he recognizes her voice. And knows that she's maybe pregnant. also recognizes a situation where she's like, my boyfriend's a deadbeat piece of yes. shit. Yes. Yes. Um, she does not want to keep the kid. She's talking about an abortion. And this is like, obviously very unnerving to David. Um, 
he totally kind of loses the plot of talking to this woman and like all he can really say is like life is precious and like you need to keep this kid and make it work with this dad (laughs) yeah which is okay yeah that actually is pretty recognizably Mm -hmm. christian the like the blacking out (laughs) anytime that's mentioned yeah well and Um, he he fixates in a way like as his life you know his he's starting to lose control of his i mean arguably miserable life so it's not a great loss but like for him it is right because it's all he has when things are unraveling throughout the course of this film with these people who are in his house he starts posting increasingly aggressive facebook posts about abortion right like it's all he can think about like his only thing is like i can control this woman in this house and i can't control anything else right so i think from this point on we're probably going to be spoiling stuff so if you want to watch this movie and you don't want to be spoiled go watch it yes and we'll see you later (laughs) yeah this is where man i do love the facebook posts as like a framing of his mental state because (laughs) so good it is very it's it's very like pastor Mm -hmm. to post insane facebook screens (laughs) or also just like really like rambling boring facebook screens is like something that is like would be a lesson to people Mm The, like, sermon illustration run amok. Right, and it's just clearly this person trying to work out their own issues or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's the the way that David sort of loses his shit throughout the course of this film, like, is very... It's sort of, like, very understated. I, I, I don't know this actor. I like the way he did it. It was very hard for me to think of anyone but Zach Galifianakis because he looks and acts like him. He looks and sounds like Zach Galifianakis, his like voice. Him. But to give this actor credit, like the the sort of like just really slow and subtle changes um, I think are really fun and, and, and sort of can be, I think, overlooked if you're just fixated on like Terry as a character. But I think that the way he's constantly trying to like maintain control or like he he sort of vacillates between like rigid control and just completely saying oh fuck it and making horrible decisions yes which is so fun um yes yeah the two of them are both kind of like the david and terry are both characters who want to dominate the situation and so them like going back and forth is like really interesting. Like Terry's kind of actually content to like sit back most of the time and not overtly try to do that. But that's what he is doing still. There's like a scene, there's a scene at some point where uh, David tells the two of them, like say your prayers and go to bed. (laughs) Like they're his children. (laughs) Well, and he makes them wear, he makes at one, uh, Lexi, the, um, the girlfriend, he makes her wear, a dress of his mother's like which is like kinkier than anything else that has happened it it feels yeah and it also feels really um i think bizarre in the context because like you know having seen i don't know maybe not similar on paper movies but like movies where it's like this unraveling you know strangers in a house this and that 
um, to see it where it's kind of this just like very queer and open dynamic, <laughs> like even with having uh, one of the characters mm-hmm. being super repressed, like that's unusual, right? Mm-hmm. That that takes you, I think, by surprise. Yeah, it's not something I expected to happen. And it's and it and it makes for some really like great humor, like when Terry. I get yeah we are spoiling I guess so like I mean after this like night where David loses his shit um and kind of blacks out like doesn't remember what happened you know Terry at one point is like oh is this all are you being weird because we fucked like it's just completely (laughs) um you know it's funny it's just very funny yeah there's there's a lot of honestly one thing this is a horror comedy it is like it's definitely nasty in turns and it's also mm-hmm. really funny. Yeah, this one Like in some yeah. spots it 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 was very like it was very like silly funny. Yeah, Terry's funny. Honestly, Terry and Lexi's dynamic can be funny even when it turns like very dark. I mean because you know, like we talk we're talking a lot about Terry and David and it's because like they're really the titans and like Lexi's really just she's caught between them right like and not in a way where she's like not in a love triangle kind of way i don't mean it like that but like in a way that's um she absolutely is subjected to like incredible violence between the two of them but not like almost just as a consequence of being a woman in that dynamic you know and i i like i like seeing that because i feel like that was like a really um I don't know. She's sidelined, but it's almost intentional, and it's like this sort of misogynistic choice—not on the part of the the writer or the filmmakers, but I mean, like the characters. I find her inclusion like a little bit underbaked because we don't mm. really like learn a lot about her, and then she also is like weirdly the final girl. And it's like it, it, in a way that feels like kind of tacked on, where you're like, wait, what? The end is bizarre, like that. Yeah, that that's. I, the her being underbaked really works for me because this is David's world, right? And David would underbake everyone, totally, especially yeah. a woman, right? Because he like he's, really, he's he distilled care. her down to that she is pregnant and he has to preserve that life. He, she's pregnant. He has to preserve the life. To be honest, like I mean, it's not explicitly stated, but like my read on David is that he's gay. Um, I mean, so that he is, has no interest it's in her. As close to explicitly stated as they could state it i think well i mean i guess because i was like you could i guess someone could watch this movie and say that david is is bi or pan or something like that Uh, yeah possibly i think he's pretty much into men like i think it's it seems like he has no real interest in lexi beyond the fact that she has a life that he feels fixated on controlling and not hers but like yeah the kid that she's growing inside her um so yeah, I I guess that's what I mean cuz like they he blacks out so we you don't actually know fully what happened when they they have their orgy night or whatever. No, cuz they don't let you see anything. But Terry does say he references um Sodom and Gomorrah and says although it was more Sodom than Gomorrah if you know what I'm saying, which was also very funny. That was a great line. <laughs> yeah, going to say that to someone at some point. <laughs> But yeah, no, the ending of her sort of being the one, I don't know, it, it, it is it is a weak choice. And the fact that 
we play a little with this idea, you know, the leech, like the title, is there some sort of demonic force at play, right? And that feels a little underbaked to me, too. And I mean, right, exactly. That is like, I mean, the leech is like, to some degree, Terry living in this guy's house. Sure, being, yeah. Taking over his space. And this is like, this is something that's really funny to me is that like, David is being so like hospitable and charitable this whole time but also towards the end um when he like is really starting to lose it he's like i want my house back (laughs) and that's like yeah like this has been this has fucking sucked Um, (laughs) he wants these people out of his house they Um, are awful roommates they are really bad roommates. roommates yeah and um and yeah like the leech i think can also refer to a pregnancy mm-hmm. that you do not want and also it can be i think it can refer to um terry in in context to lexi um that he's, right. um, he's mooching yeah he's like dead weight in her life as well as david's now it it feels to me really like they're yeah, I think you're right. I think there's multiple interpretations with the with the title of the film, and I think the concept, like even bit like backing up, is like more macro is like people feed off of each other. Like it's it's a deeply cynical movie mm-hmm. um, where there is no, um, and, and and that's why the religion I think is so comical and and played for for laughs is like, mm-hmm. hey, um, look at this dumb asshole who purports to be about. I don't know, some something ethical, right? Something deep and meaningful. And when in reality, we are incapable of that. Like we are, we take and, you know, sometimes that's more palatable and beneficial and mutual, but usually it's not. And like, that's mm-hmm. kind of the message of the film. It's, it's like fun, both of these movies centering on pregnancy and someone like wanting this baby like wanting someone else's Mm. baby like for their own kind of personal reasons their own very selfish reasons right like neither i mean in in inside you can't imagine this baby having any kind of life right like this this is not going to be very good to be raised by this person (laughs) and then in um yeah in in the other one i mean she doesn't even want the kid and and there is no end game for David, right? What so what if he has her have this there's they're not a happy family. The three of them together are miserable. Her and Terry are miserable. Like right, he's no, beating her. He beats her. He's actually abusive. He contributes nothing but violence um and charm, I guess. Honestly, I mean this movie like is really fucked up. Like uh, meta like what it's doing with its themes I think is actually more fucked up than inside. <laughs> Even though it isn't as violent. <laughs> Wow, hot take. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and this one both they both have friendly fire. Both of these movies. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, I suppose so. Both movies have a protagonist that accidentally kills someone that they don't mean to kill. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Much to think about. Much to think about. <laughs> yeah, the leash also just has like a really it looks really good actually for its budget and mm-hmm. um and I and I it does some like fun kind of visual things. I really enjoyed um Father David's gross bandaged up face. Hilarious. In the end 
pretty so good. Funny. Yeah. It really contributes to the, the mounting chaos. I love the lamps. There's so many good lamps in that house. Mm, so true. The lighting in and general. Yeah, man. I guess, you know, isn't isn't Christmas all about really projecting onto a woman having a baby? And the that is so true. I was actually <laughs> I was actually thinking about this and I don't have we've talked have we talked about Black Christmas? On the pod? On the podcast? No, dude. We need to. Remember. And it's very funny that we're talking we're not talking about Black Christmas right now. Um, right. Because I was thinking about like, damn, Christmas horror movies really like to talk about like abortion. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, no, we should do that one. Damn, it is a bummer we're not doing that, huh? The the spiritual Fuck the the spiritual <laughs> presence in this episode is is Black Christmas, even though we it's didn't true. talk about it. Black Christmas is just hovering over our recording of this. Look, yeah. one day we'll talk about it. We will we will talk about it. I kind of thought it. in my brain I thought we already had. But it's maybe just I hard because that one is so singular that like it's one of those movies that I I, I fear to pair with anything because I just it's really one of like the that movie. Best horror movies. It's such a good one. It's definitely one of the best Christmas horror movies for sure. It's one of the and best yeah. slashers. But I don't know how the fuck we would find even close to its equal. So I don't know. But maybe it's someday. hard. It's hard. Maybe someday we'll, we will talk about Black Christmas. <laughs> Maybe someday. one day we'll talk about Black Christmas and then the remake of Black Christmas. Oh, oh no! <laughs> it would be a bad time. Oh no! Maybe necessary. Oh, what if we did the remake of Inside and the remake of Black Christmas and we still didn't talk about the OG <laughs> Black Christmas? That's the real torture porn, actually. Horrible. Actually, God. what torture porn is. Yeah. That's us torturing our listeners and ourselves. Yeah, we'd that's, be the one who has to watch those again. That's not in the spirit of the season. <laughs> There's no joy or goodwill in that. But, no, I was going to say there's, like, self-sacrifice, but that's not even really Christmas. It's more of an Easter thing. Yeah, Christmas is all about giving birth, you know? Giving birth giving to birth. that baby. Getting presents. Immigration. Immigration. <laughs> Think about it. So true. No room in the at the end. That was yeah. racism. You know what Actually, I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Much to think about. <laughs> yeah, I I really am liking the trend of the past um our our last episode too, where we we're just like, let's just like watch really fucking depraved and sad movies. Like that's oh my god our thing right now. You guys listen to it's gonna get even worse and I'm so excited. This is just what we are now. Like this, this is, is all we I'm, can do. I'm so sorry this is an extreme horror podcast now. And the <laughs> leech is not extreme horror. It's, it's not. It's it's just fun it's funny goofy. So if you if you are not into if you're a Wikipedia summary reader, the leech is gonna be fine for you. But inside you should surely avoid i don't inside though feels like it could like if you have been wanting to dip your toes and you're like can i can i say that i'm hardcore even though i'm not like you know you're like i'll never watch martyrs but maybe you could watch inside though like i I do think you could maybe do it because it is silly it's goofy 
That's true. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna think about this. I'm gonna think on this a little bit because it's got so much like hardcore body horror. If you can't um, but, do body horror, you probably can't do it. But if you're like, right. if that's something you don't, you're like, eh, that's not like the worst of my fears, then I think you could do it. And then yeah. you can sound so cool. You can go on Reddit and say that you've watched inside and everyone will love you. Well, we'll be back with more fucked up shit soon. So more depravity coming your yeah, way. We will be, we will be stuffing more extreme horror in your face and you're gonna take it listeners we love you for it thank you so much for listening (laughs) and thank you as always to claire holland for writing the book that we based our podcast on called i am not your final girl you can buy that in places where they sell books on the internet brian demarest on instagram who did our show artwork he's evil flynn on instagram and he posts some more art on there and thank you to pass burlock for being technical and emotional support you can follow him at phantom stranger on facebook and also thanks to ariel who wrote our song that you're about to hear again you can buy it on Bandcamp and also just listen to it in places where there's music on the internet we'll see you next time bye bye you know-